welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So let's stand and we're going to declare about our Bible. Take your Bibles, take your Bible app, hold up your phone and repeat this after me. Amen. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe I am who it says I am. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I have what it says I can have. And now I'm about to receive the incorruptible, the ever-living, the never-dying seed of the Word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is open. And as a result, I'll never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I'd like to talk this morning about how, I've entitled this message, How to Never Be Shaken. How to Never Be Shaken. So, um, praise God. Lord, we just thank you for this word today. We thank you that you illuminate this word to each heart, mine as well, Lord. Give revelation knowledge. Lord God, as this word goes forth, in Jesus' name, amen. So, today we're talking about how to stand firm forever. How never to be moved, how never to be shaken, how always to stand strong and with strength. Psalm 92 and verse 12, and this this verse we're reading from the Amplified Classic uh, edition, it says, The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. They will be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. That sounds like a lovely description, doesn't it, of the upright? The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They'll be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. Who wants to be useful and fruitful? I do. Amen? And, you know, when you think about a storm, that the palm tree, that is just the epitome, and it just represents uh, something that's strong, something that, you know, it's a symbol of resistance in the midst of a storm. The palm tree just sways right over in those strong winds, and back up again, those tropical climates. And that is what God describes us as. But how do we become those spiritual palm trees? How do we live in victory? How we can we never be moved? And that's what we want to look at. So let's turn to Psalm in chapter 15 today. And we're reading here from the New King James Version. Psalm chapter 15, uh, or Psalm 15. It says, O Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, 
nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved, or some translations say, shall never be shaken. Amen? So we just want to go down this verse by verse. And verse 1 says, Who may abide in your tabernacle? You know, other translations will say, uh, Who gets to be close with you, Lord? The voice translations say, Who is invited to stay in your dwelling? Who's invited to stay in your house? The passion would say of this verse, Who presumes the privilege of being close to you, living next to you in your shining place of glory? The message translation says, God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get in your guest list? And then the next two to four verses gives the answers. So it's all about, you know, who's close to the Lord? Who's getting invited to dinner with him? Who's on that guest list? Who who can abide in your tabernacle? And then verse two starts to give the answer. And it says, he who walks uprightly. He who walks uprightly. Notice that didn't say he who talks uprightly. It's all in the walk. It's all in the walk, not in the talk. Yes, the talk is good too, but it's got to be the talk and the walk. So um, he who walks uprightly. And you know, to one who's, who walks uprightly, that one is called to obey God's commands. Obey what's in this word. Obey the spirit of the Lord as he leads us, as he guides us, as he asks us to do something, as he reveals something to us, as he gives us direction. Amen? And uh, that person then um, walks uprightly. They stand strong against that temptation to sin. And temptation comes. I don't know if you've noticed that. Temptation comes to everyone. But the one who walks uprightly close to the Lord, close in the presence of God, will stand against sin. Amen? So I want to be that palm tree, standing tall, standing upright, and uh, walking uprightly before the Lord. Those who walk uprightly do not compromise. That's what that verse said. The uncompromisingly righteous, they do not compromise. Those that walk uprightly. Amen? They're, they've set their eyes and they've set their ears to only look and hear clean things. They've set their eyes that I'm not going to look at unclean things. I'm not going to listen to unclean things. This is what it is to walk uprightly. And you cannot do it in your strength. You can't. But here today, if you're born again and you know the Lord and Holy Spirit dwells here, He gives you the strength, amen, to walk uprightly. An upright person is a person who avoids sin, as we've talked about. They will go out of their way to stay away, not get as close to, and then make an excuse. Oh, well, no, stay away. They're not hypocrites. An upright person is not a hypocrite, not speaking one way and living another. They're walking up rightly before the Lord. It's a walk. And because it's a walk, other people can see the walk as well. They walk uprightly in private and they walk uprightly in public. You know, the voice translation of this verse 2 says, the one who lives with integrity 
does what is right. So, so important truth from his heart. You know, integrity is so important. So, so important. So important as developed in our life. And you know, that upright person is a person of integrity. But I tell you, sadly, in the body of Christ, it's lacking. Integrity is lacking. You hear story after story of, you know, even employers going, they don't want to employ a Christian because they've employed Christians. And actually, unsaved, those that don't profess the Lord will put in a better day's work. And they'll not just use the, the, uh, the phone in the office. And they'll not just spend the time of the office doing their stuff. Integrity. And yet we are the upright. We're called to walk upright. Amen? So this is where we're christened and we've got to raise that bar. Who would agree? Anybody agree with me? It's a couple of hands. Hopefully by the end of this, more will agree with me. So important that we develop integrity. And nobody can do this for you. Because you make choices. You're making decisions. I'm making decisions every day for me. But having integrity will help you stay. Help us stay in the right course. When we're tempted and temptation comes to take a shortcut. Whether it's in work, whether it's in family, whether it's in our how we order our finances, and we're not integral. Or having that integrity will keep us right. Walking right before the Lord. Amen. What about when people criticize us? They criticize us unfairly. Integrity and walking uprightly before the Lord will stop us striking back. No matter what personality type we are. Whether we're quick or whether we're, you know, we'll say nothing but we'll put it down. We've talked about that before. It'll stop us being resentful. It'll stop us striking back and stop on the spot. Or when somebody criticizes us and it's valid criticism, then integrity will help you accept. Hmm, maybe they have a point. Maybe they've noticed something in my life. And we go away and we talk about it and we talk about it with the Lord. And we learn from it. We thank God that somebody's been brother's keeper. Somebody's looking out for me. And we thank God. And we, we don't get all the, the hedgehog bristles out. All the spikes. We don't get all spiky. And all defensive. No. An upright person will be teachable. Flow it in integrity and taking on what that person has said before the Lord and keep growing. That's what it's all about. We want to keep growing. Isn't that right? You know, it's the little things that make us or break us. That's why the word says, if you're faithful in the little, tiny wee things, you'll be ruled over much. It's the tiny things. It's the things that you think nobody will notice because nobody's watching me. But if you will take care of the little things, knowing God's always watching you, and as you look after those little things, he sees and he knows that person can be now ruler over more. And then when the more comes, that person can be ruler over even more. So 
So it's all down to us. Nobody can do it for you. It's down to me how I live. It's down to you how you live. Values are important, you know, and if you cross the line in your values, um, you know, some people say, well, it was only by an inch. That person crossed it by a whole mile. It doesn't matter if it was an inch or a mile. You were still out of bounds. So values are important. You know, it's been said that you don't really know a person until you have seen them interact with the child. When the tower is flat, perhaps. When the boss is away. Or when they think no one will ever know. All right? And we can add to that list. There's a one, there's wonderful promises to the one who walks uprightly. Proverbs 2 and 7, it says that he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Sound wisdom. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. There's our He's a shield to those who walk uprightly. This Proverbs 2 and 7 in the, in the Passion Translation says, For the Lord has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. Isn't that awesome? A hidden storehouse of wisdom. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways protecting and guarding you as you choose what is the right. Your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right. Psalm 84 and verse 11, New King James, it says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So you can say, Lord God, I'm walking uprightly before you. And there's a promise I can stand on. I can hold that word and I say, no good thing will you withhold from me. No good thing. Hallelujah. I want to be pleasing to God, do you? To be pleased with me. Anybody else? He's number one in my life. I want him to be pleased with me. I want him to be pleased with me here, now, today. And when I get to meet him, I want him to say, well done, well done. I don't want to just scrape by and get the bare bit. I want to get the well done. The second line there, verse 2, it says, he who walks uprightly and works righteousness. So, you know, Second Corinthians 5.21 says that we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And that's wonderful. We have been made righteous. We're not trying to get righteous. We're not trying to do right works of righteousness so that we can be righteous. Jesus Christ himself has made us righteous. And that is so awesome. So no matter what, no matter when we slip, no matter when we fall, no matter when we miss it, we are righteous and God sees us as righteous. And because of that, then we're not having to strive to get something. We already have it. And so you've got to settle that today. Settle the fact that you are righteous. You are righteous. Because you know yourself and accuse anybody. And when the enemy comes in, the accuser of the brethren tries to say, and accuse you of this and accuse you of that. As you've dealt with that, and you've said sorry for where you've missed it, you can say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you can boldly declare it. Amen? 
but he has made us righteous. Why? So that then we can do works of righteousness. We're righteous, and because of that, we can work from that point, and we can now do works of righteousness. We can walk uprightly. Amen? We're empowered to walk uprightly. It's all by him. It's all by his grace. Praise God. The third line here says, speaks the truth in his heart. Now, what we were talking about today is how never to be moved, how never to be shaken. So here's the answer. One who walks uprightly, one who works righteousness, uh, and now speaks the truth in his heart. How important is it we tell the truth? We know that. We've been taught that from little nippers. Tell the truth. But when you explore that, you know, honesty is a habit that you have to form. It really is something that you have to work into your life about being honest. And it comes by doing and saying the right thing all of the time. And I'm sure everybody in here is working on honesty, doing the right thing, saying the right thing all of the time. For instance, you know, sometimes maybe you're asked to go somewhere. We're all asked to go somewhere. We're asked to go on maybe a wee day trip or something like that. Um, but really inside of me, I, I don't really want to go on that day trip. I don't have time to go on that day trip. So instead of me just being honest and saying, actually, I don't want to go on the trip today. I've got to spend time with Brian or I've got to do this, or I've got to do that, when I had never planned to spend time that day with Brian. That's being dishonest, isn't it? So see how you can slip into things? So we need to be boldness to say nicely, no, I, I I don't want to do that, or I don't sense that's right for me to do. Because what what are we trying to do there? We're trying to save somebody else's feelings, aren't we? We're trying to, that person who's asked to do so, we're trying to let them down easily. But are we letting down the Lord easily? <laughs> are we letting down him when he knows our intentions? And he knows, no, can we bother with that really? So um, verse 3 then, it says, He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. You know, we've talked about the tongue many times in this house over the years. But I think we still don't realize how much damage this little thing here can do. How much damage it can do. The message translation says, and I'm reading here from James chapter 3 and verse 3 to 6. It says, a bit in the mouth of a horse controls a whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark Remember to set off a forest fire. A careless or a wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. 
smoke right from the pit of hell. I thought that was a really good translation of those verses. If you're taking notes, that's James 3, verse 3 to 6. That's the message. You read it later in the message again. Talks here, don't backbite. Don't run around tattling. Don't be nice to somebody, you know, when they're in your presence and then run around and bite them in the back when they're not. Gossip is serious, a serious sin. Slander, it promotes discord among the believers. It violates our love commandments. How many times have you heard somebody, I've got a prayer request, maybe you can pray for this, pray for them, they really need prayer, and then here it comes. Oh, we're spirit beings. The Holy Spirit knows all things. He knows the future. He knows everything about everybody in here, and he knows all about that person who needs prayer. So why can't the time you just say, so-and-so needs prayer? Or why can't you just take it to the Lord in prayer unless Holy Spirit says, get a few others involved, drop it, just say, I'll take this before the Lord myself. So the devil is the accuser of the believers. And um, so when gossips accuse and slander others, they're acting like the original accuser. And that's why God absolutely hates it. He hates his kids being accused. It's one of the things God hates most is someone so in discord among fellow believers. Proverbs 6 and 19 says, New King James Version, the Lord hates a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. So we're talking here, we're never about never being shaken, never being moved. And as we put these things into practice, we're never going to be shaken We're never going to be moved. We're going to stand tall, strong, uprightly like that palm tree. Amen? So many in the world, so many people, and it's just the world's way. They criticize, criticize, criticize. And, um, you know, I was listening to somebody. uh, Who was it, actually? It was Leslie Hale. Does anybody remember servant of God, Leslie Hale? Do you know that he passed away this week? Yeah, he passed away this week. He's, he's over in America now, but he got a lot of hard press back in those years, early days and things like that. And um, I was listening to one of his messages and he was talking about Ireland. And he was saying, and he loves Ireland, but he was saying, I have, there's never... I don't think there's any other country that is such small-minded, small-mindedness, people that want to criticize, people who want to tear down, people who are negative, people that see somebody getting ahead and doing well, they'll be going, oh, well, there must be something to that story. And it's a terrible spirit in this land, and he cited Northern Ireland as being the worst. That hit me afresh. That hit me hard. I love our nation. But we are islanders on a tiny wee island. And that mentality can get into the church. And we've got to stop it. Amen? It's what we were singing about this morning. An unstoppable God 
God can do anything. We're the ones who limit what he can do. We're not going to limit him. If he says, do this, we're going to say, Lord, show us how. We're going to trust him. We're, we're going to think big. We're going to be people of faith. We're going to encourage what's happening. Stand with one another. Rejoice with one another. As we see good things happen for each other, we're going, if God can do it for Carla, he can do it for me. Amen? If God can bless this one, he can, because he's not a respecter of persons. So we're going to change that mentality. It's not going to come into the body of Christ here. Amen? We're going to reject that. Hallelujah. Who wants to reject that? I don't want us to have that name of being negative, criticizing, small-mindedness. No, I don't want to have that name. So, um, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, so encourage each other, build each other up. That's what we're called to do, encourage, build one another up. You know, we're talked about the palm tree, and there's one thing that will weaken the roots of any tree, and it's disease. If the, the, the roots are eaten away, eventually it'll just topple over from the roots. It doesn't matter about the winds. The roots will just, the disease will eat away at the root. The disease of speaking against others and gossiping and coming against other people is in direct disobedience to that word, that love. And uh, it'll eat away at the roots. It's a disease that'll just eat away at your roots. Ephesians 3.17 says that it talks about us being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. So it's our love walk. So, so important. Verse 4 then, it says, you want to be stable, unmovable? It's a person in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Um, the passion translation of this verse says, they will speak out passionately against evil, against sin, truth, against evil workers while commending the faithful ones who follow after the truth. So this verse is saying that we're not called to be silent. We're not called to be passive. We have got to stand for what is right. In our land, in our nation, we've got to stand for what is right. We've got to speak out for what is right. We've got to be bold got to stand for this word. Amen? God has given us boldness to stand and speak what is right. We're, we're the upright. We're walking uprightly before him, and it's got to come out of our mouth and stand and just be bold in, in, in everything uh, that this word says, no matter who's coming against us. James 4, 4 says, Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So you can't be a friend of the world and, you know, it can't be in two camps. We know Revelation says the Lord, he, he, he'd rather spew you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be hot or cold, but not on the fence. So we're called to align ourselves with the right people and avoid the wrong ones. Choose the right friends, young people, and avoid, shun the wrong ones. Don't be with the wrong ones because they will lead you one way because they don't know any other way to go. Be with the ones that are loving God or want to serve the Lord. 
It's the person here, it says that um, he honors those who fear the Lord. So we're called to recognize and honor those who are faithful to the Lord. That's one another. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, honor and respect of Christian leaders. Not to tear down, not to criticize those that are advancing the kingdom. They're not going to get it right all the time. I'm not going to get it right all the time. The elders aren't going to get it right all the time. The deacons aren't going to get it right all the time. But we, we're called to push each other on forward, get behind, amen? Honor and respect and uh, cheer one another on and shun those and those that are walking evil will have nothing to do with and, and then the second part of this verse, it says, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. What does this mean? Swear, swears to his own hurt. It means you make a commitment. When you make a commitment, you don't call later and say, I can't do it. It means if you have given your word, you're going to be somewhere. You be there. At the time you said you're going to be there. Because people are depending on you being there. And again, you know, as a pastor, so many times I have, I mean, weekly this happens. Weekly. Commitments are made. Commitments are said. And then it's, can't do it. This is swear to your own. And we're, we're very nice about, oh, okay, I understand. You know, we're nice with each other, aren't we? It's this swear to your own hurt. If you're given a commitment, something else comes up. Chance of a lifetime comes up. What are you going to do? So when you make a commitment, keep that commitment. That's what it talks about, being and walking uprightly before the Lord. It means telling the truth, not lying to get out of something, being trustworthy, being dependable. Being dependable. We all know people that we, oh, they're so dependable. And when you ask them to do it, you just know you can depend. And then we know others that they're not dependable. Never have a name of being not dependable as a Christian because we're called to walk uprightly and an upright walking person will be dependable. That's how God operates. That's how he speaks. You know, when he says, whatever he says in his word, he means. Whatever he says, he means. Everything he says, he means it. That's why we can stand on the promises of God because he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to try and get out of it. I'm having a hard day. I'm sorry, you know, intercession at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to take half the day off. No, he's at the right hand of the Father continually making intercession for us. We can count on that. And it's awesome to know that because then we know. And as we put this into practice, as we swear to our own heart, when we say we're going to do something, we're going to be there, as we do that more and more and more, that our word is our word. Our word is our word. What we say, we mean. What we tell our kids, we mean. Whether that's a good or bad, parents. See, if you do this, I'm going to grind you for a week. That kid knows you're not going to grind them for a week because you've done it over and over again.
if you're good, I'm going to get you this. But then you have a bad week and, well, we're going to get you that at Christmas now. (laughs) Whatever it is, whatever the word is, it's your word. Keep it. Keep it. I'll tell you a wee story. You know, I'm, listen, I'm putting all of this into practice too. I'm not Miss Holy up here. I'm putting all of this into practice. There's nobody perfect, nobody mature, but I'm endeavoring to put this into practice. And there was one, t- one time, I um, hope Daniel doesn't mind me squealing on him. <laughs> he wanted to wear these old uh, jogging bottoms. You know, they were really ones just for playing about outside and things. And he, was, he put them on to wear them to church one day wear them up to Kingdom Harvest Church. And um, I says, no, Daniel, put something better on you. Wear your best to the house of the Lord. Margaret and I were having a wee talk about that yesterday. She says, Pastor, I love the way the South Africans speak. Deborah now, we could probably do a better accent there. But she says, people can get dressed up to go out for dinner. And they can get dressed up to go here or there. Why would you not get dressed up and wear your best to church before the Lord and the congregation? So we grew up that way. And uh, I was saying, Daniel, let's put on our best. You've got better. You've got new uh, jogging bottoms you can wear. So I give them the choice. As parents, you always give them the choice. You're making a choice right now, Daniel, but there will be a consequence. So I said, if you wear the jogging bottoms, you won't see them again. And so he wore the jogging bottoms. Now, they weren't nice wee jogging bottoms. I think they were North Face or something. I liked them on him, but I had to follow that through, as much as that was hard for me too, right? So he never saw them again, Okay. So when you're trying to say whatever comes out of your mouth and you're deliberate, it makes you more deliberate about what you do say. You see, the next time that that comes, and I'd have that with Daniel, and I have to look at what he's wearing and say, am I ready not to give him that again before I say it? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we're so quick at just saying something out. We've got to be deliberate about our words and about what we say, slow to speak, and... um, got two ears to listen and one mouth to speak (laughs) so God as you put that into practice as your word is your word and you put that into practice more and more in your life you you actually get to know yourself more and when somebody can say but you said this because you know yourself really well you can go no I would never have said that but if you're compromising then you'll sort of go did I? (laughs) Right, and the, so God's word is His word, and we can trust it. And the more we live that way, it will help us. No, I gave my word, and I'm going to follow through in that word, just like the Lord. He's going to follow through in that word for me. So it's a win-win-win situation. Amen. Um, just quickly, the verse five. Then last verse. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. So one who dwells with God is a giver. Um, He's not somebody who sees that you have a big need and 
they're out to rip you off in any way. They're a giver, not a loner, as it were. They aren't looking out for people who are in trouble so they can loan them money and then get loads of interest in the back of that. Avoid a person like that. We're not, we're not called to be like that. And um, the Bible teaches us to hate bribes. And all of this is Psalm 15. He who does these things will never be shaken, will never be moved. So it's important to take this, I encourage you to take this psalm, read it over, read it over again. Just go over, go over this and be an integrity and, and what you're saying, the words that are coming out of your mouth. And when you're trying to, you know, get out of doing something, somebody's asked you to do something maybe even nice with them, be careful what answer you give. Be careful what answer. And we can practice with one another. We can practice. You can come practice with me. You can ask me to do something and see if I actually will say, no, I don't, I, I don't want to do that or I don't have time and that's true. Practice and have a wee joke. But let's be our brother's keeper and help one another. Amen? Grow up, be those strong palm trees, those righteous up, person that walks uprightly that God has called us to be. Amen? So, so important. I know that was a word. I know those words, you know, that's so... Oh, we, we love a word in faith. We love about more and all this here. But you know what? That's a word. That's a growing up word. And we need those words of growing up. And the more we grow up, you know what? The more our faith will work. The more we can do in the kingdom. These here are important. What you do with the little things are very, very important. Amen. Well, just as b- before we close, we're going to take communion. And um, if the elements can be put out at the front uh, quickly by the stewards, I'd like the, um, us all then to come up and just take of the, um, the cup and the bread and the crackers, and we're going to have communion. I'm going to lead us in, in, I'm going to lead us all into communion. So let's just pray and respond to this word here. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord God, that you have a purpose and a plan for everything. And Lord God, you've instructed us in your word how we can never be moved, how we don't ever have to be shaken as we put your principles into practice. Lord, I pray that each one here, Father, puts these principles, puts this word to work. Lord God, that our word is our word. We put this to work, that we are people of integrity, Lord God. I thank you for your great things for our lives. You've great things for Bangor Community Church. Great things for us to do, Lord God. I thank you that we're a people of encouragement, not, not criticizers. We encourage one another. We walk in love, Lord. We walk in honor toward each other. So we thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.